I'm Bruce Sinclair, and welcome to this podcast from Jordan Hill Parish Church, during which we will share in reading, reflection and prayer for Sunday the 25th of April. Today our reader is Tommy Gemmell, and our hymn is sung by Patricia Hunter, accompanied by George Knight. As usual, our notices and intimations can be found on the church website. I would commend these to you this week, particularly the edict regarding the admittance of a new elder to the Kirk session. O gathering God, our rock and shelter, we are here to meet with you. Travelling God, our way and wonder, we are here to walk with you. Summoning God, our shepherd and guide, we are here to journey with you. Today's reading is from the Gospel of John, reading from chapter 10, verses 11 to 18. The Good Shepherd I am the Good Shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand who is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and runs away and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. The hired hand runs away because a hired hand does not care for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me just as the father knows me and I know the father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that do not belong to this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason the Father loves me, because I lay down my life in order to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have power to lay it down and I have power to take it up again. I have received this command from my Father. Amen. Thanks be to God. In the cycle of lectionary readings that we have been following over the past couple of weeks, This Sunday is colloquially known as Good Shepherd Sunday. There is usually a portion of the Good Shepherd narrative from John's Gospel for us to wrestle with. This, of course, is a slight jump from the last three weeks' worth of readings, where we have followed the resurrection stories associated with Jesus' appearance to his disciples. In context, this passage comes at a slightly different place in John's story of Jesus' life. This passage covers his third and final visit to Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover and follows the healing of the man born blind. This story builds on the growing discord between Jesus and the religious and political authorities and the argument of where his authority comes from. The story of the Good Shepherd versus the bandits or the hired hands does nothing to abate that sense of building tension. Despite this, 
The passage occurs before Jesus' death, and it fits well as part of the canopy of resurrection texts. It closes with that assertion that, for this reason, the Father loves me, because I lay down my life in order to take it up again. This is far more than a throwaway remark by Jesus, and every bit a theological underpinning of his power over life and death. This holds a promise that Jesus, who is the Good Shepherd, cares enough for the people to die, to lay down his life, to give what all other leaders fail to give, and to remain with us through all difficult things until we reach good pastures once again. One of the most enduring images for God, and of course for Jesus, is that of the shepherd. In an agricultural society like ancient Palestine, it was an image that everyone recognised. The flocks in the fields, travelling along the roads, the flocks coming into towns and villages for feast days. Next to owning land and property, owning of livestock of any kind, particularly weather-beaten patchy sheep, was not only about wealth, but it was about survival. So shepherds and sheep were powerful images. Though shepherds were on the fringes of society, and were seen as dangerous, rough and often ceremonially unclean because of their work, nonetheless they played an important part in society, providing food, providing animals used for religious sacrifice, and other uses. To read the whole of Scripture, it's not a huge leap of understanding for us to come to believe that God has a fondness for herders of flocks. In the Old Testament, Abel is a herdsman, and his offering is, so Genesis tells us, more pleasing to God than the offering of the plant-tender cairn. Jacob grows wealthy as a tender of the flocks. Moses, on the other hand, is out tending the flocks of his father-in-law when he encounters the burning bush. And David is a shepherd boy anointed to be king. Then in the New Testament, the birth of Christ is announced to shepherds out in the fields. And Jesus uses the image of the shepherd searching for the one lost sheep as a metaphor for the kingdom of God. And now Jesus describes himself as the good shepherd. Probably as a result of this imagery in scripture, and certainly because of John's John chapter 10, images of Jesus as a shepherd abound in Western art history. In some other denominations, the traditional bishop's staff strongly resembles a shepherd's crook. And the Psalms, particularly Psalm 23, still resonates deeply. There are some images in the Bible that we go back to time and time again. Despite our modern world with all its technology and industry, we find something deeply fulfilling about the pastoral world and humanity's need for it. And in the shadow of restrictions, it feels entirely natural to think wistfully of wide open space, green pastures, rolling hills, and the comfort and assurance of the shepherd there to guide and to protect. Perhaps today 
One way of us understanding better that calming presence of the Good Shepherd is to experience the distress caused by its absence. And this perhaps links us back to the disciples after Jesus' death, wondering what to do and feeling lost without that leader and constant presence with them. We also see that absence yet again in our world through the places that are usually there to support us. Some parts of the world know it all too well where police cause harm and not safety as we hear verdicts of racial discrimination over in America. Or where the pandemic has taken away the usual support structures that we might otherwise use. Or when political leadership seems to be more concerned with party politics than the people or the NHS or poverty or inclusion or unemployment or safety. When a rapacious wolf turns up or the hired hand vanishes in the other direction, or the inexplicable happens, it is easy to resonate with the absence of the Good Shepherd. When we are vulnerable, or feeling under threat, or even attack, when uncertainty comes into our lives, or the reality of death is all around, when there is a lack of food, or drink, or shelter, or welcome, when there is a sense of loneliness and isolation, the imagery of the Good Shepherd still speaks to us. Words written over two and a half thousand years ago reach out through distance and time and say the things that we need to hear of love and hope. Jesus knew that shepherding was about caring for those who are weak, lost and in need. Jesus knew that shepherding was about presence and love and support. Jesus knew that shepherds were needed as much in his time as they were in Israel's past. I believe Jesus also knew that in the future, shepherds were still going to be needed to love and guide people into a greater life. Today's passage is about assurance of Jesus' continual love and presence. It is about community and loneliness, about being cared for and ignored, about being welcome and isolation, about darkness and light, about hope and trust. Jesus was prepared to make sacrifices for those, he's lo those he loved, but he was also prepared to challenge attitudes and ignorance that were at odds with his all-embracing and inclusive love. Jesus, in today's passage, says he is the Good Shepherd. He is there as a constant presence, providing hope, support and love. Jesus said, I am the Good Shepherd, and thanks be to God that he is. Amen. Shepherd is whose goodness.
Prayer of gratitude and concern. Let us pray. Loving God, we give thanks for all good gifts around us, the bright sunshine that blesses our soul, the rainfall that nourishes the earth, the ebb and the flow of water and creation, and your love that embraces all. Today, as disease continues to spread throughout our world, and healthcare and medical services become ever more stretched and in need of rest. We pray that you help us to never avert our eyes when any of your children are suffering. Instead, let us hear your call to create lasting change. As the economic and political situations at home and in other countries continue to sow division, greed or distress, we think particularly of those leaders struggling to guide people and countries through difficult days. We pray that your help is with us and that we all come to know it, that we are never self-sufficient. Instead, let us always be aware of how much we need one another, community, care, love and support. We continue to pray for family and friends for those feeling the strain of isolation, for those struggling with staying at home. God, you are the shepherd of all. You guide us and cajole us. You protect us and you nurture us. You hold us in times of difficulty and nurture us in times of change. Through your love, let us build communities of hope, resilience and care. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. As one of his loved flock, let us now go in peace to love and to serve, to serve and to love. Thank you for joining with me for this time of worship this week. And now may the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be with you this day and every day. Amen.